you are a Rocky fan, this is a must-see documentary by the greatest Rocky interpreter in the world. My mother, she would say to me, you know, what are you going to do with yourself, Michael? What are you going to do? There's nothing that just hit me that I wanted to do. I wanted to be Rocky. That's what I wanted to be. I, I did try. I had like 25 or 30 jobs. I wake up, I hit the ground running every day of my life. He was becoming better at his fantasy. You go home at the end of the day, can you live with yourself? Did you do the best that you could? And that's the message I got when I was a kid. Setting ourselves up here is something special. Our next guest is a uh, very funny gentleman making his debut with us tonight, and he will be performing all next week at the 25th Annual Montreal Comedy Festival. Please welcome Joe Mataris. Please welcome back uh, stand-up comedian Joe Mataris. Please welcome Joe Mataris, everybody. Joe Mataris. Here's a sign you're getting old, and I knew I was getting old. When you go to an empty bar and you go, I love this place. <laughs> So, uh, so here's our new subscribers on Patreon. And if you're not a subscriber on Patreon, take a look there on the screen. There it is. And if you're not uh, watching this podcast, which you can always watch them, they're on my YouTube page, and all that's on our link trees on the screens. Uh, but Pretender's uh, Patreon is patreon.com forward slash from pretender to contender. Go subscribe, and here's our subscribers this week. Kevin Kevin Cernier. Dude, he's like hooking us up. He's up at the top, the top tier. That's uh, amazing. So is uh, Matthew Grishinder. They're both at the top tier. And I don't t tell the listeners and the watchers what they get at that top tier. Do you even remember? So um, here's the, the first category. It's called uh, uh, Five Raw Eggs. Well, that's, and, the uh, that's the lowest level. You get the five raw eggs of Patreon. What do you get? Right. A at that, you, you get some uh, serious bonus episodes. And uh, you, get one live, you get one live one. A lot of people last week were saying, why yeah. don't you guys, guys go live? And I forgot to mention that if you're a Patreon subscriber, we go live once every month uh, just to the Patreon subscribers. We do a live show. We let them interact in live time, and it's really fun. We haven't done one yet, but it's about to come because this is a new podcast once a month uh, That's for the true. $5. So now uh, we go to the next category, You're a Hack, which is $10. <laughs> and then we get everything from the $5 tier, plus Joe and Mike will make you a free cameo-style shout-out video together for the occasion of your choice as dueling Rockies or as ourselves, or if you have some type of a script that you'd like us to say, whatever. We'll work with you on it, and we're we're very cool about stuff like that. Should we, then let's you'll, give them a little taste of a duel. duel what would, I, You and I have never done a dueling Rockies. Right. I, and I, I went on your Instagram, and I saw that you posted when we were at the uh, Father Carmine window. Yeah, that went well. And they seem to, I, I love it when people compliment me. They're like, whoa, he's good. And it was, <laughs> he's Definitely. good. 
people were pissed at me because while you were doing it, I was shaking my head no as if you were horrible. I was teasing you. I got a lot of slack from that. Even so, I had some mentally deranged people said that you were even better at it than me. Now, I don't know what kind of things those people were on, but, you know. I don't have uh, the face. I, I don't have the face, I, so I'll never I have be better to, at it than you. I have to I have to accept defeat in certain areas. But no, you, you've done a very good job about it. And um, you know, it uh, it cracked me up. It really did. What was I gonna say about that? I just when you um yeah, people oh oh I know what I was gonna say, because you like old school people. Uh, mm. uh I remember Sammy Davis Jr. There's an old YouTube video of him somewhere. It's in black and white, and, and Sammy Davis Jr. was really good at doing tricks with um with pistols like a yeah like a little cowboy hat on you know and he had yeah. pistols and he could do all these tricks with it and he was whistling what a song while he's doing these tricks and he just stops and he looks at the camera and he's like i wouldn't do it if i wasn't good you know like so right, it's like right. i wanted to say i'm not gonna throw out rocky in front of my kunda unless i kind of got a grasp of the rocky <laughs> no you idiot. do you do I definitely think it's uh, it's something that people will get a kick out of, and I think the two of us doing it could be somewhat uh, entertaining. We, um, should, we should get the dueling banjos song and go. Dun, dun, dun. I'm trying to think how would Rocky next to Rocky do 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 do? How would he do 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 do? Maybe it'll be a do 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 do. <laughs> do, 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 do. see I, I don't know i would have to go less brain damage on my end for rocky i, I would say see, that's the thing people forget about rocky you know rocky didn't have he didn't really talk like rocky five like rocky five stallone did like a brain damage rocky right he might have gone a little too far with that but you know people always assume through the entire series rocky was like that but rocky's pretty quick-witted oh you missed that's that what, one Oh, what was my rings outside? Oh, there we go, Rocky Five. You knocked him down. Why don't you try knocking me down now? <laughs> Guys, Joe, love that line. That's like the, that's the best line, line ever. It's a it's a great line. Now, Joe, where'd you download all these? Would you just buy it on like a nine ninety nine CD and it was already there? You didn't have to put any work into this, did Dude, you? I I spent. Did you, you know how I spent? I think five or six hours. Pulling all the YouTube clips and cutting them down to little three-second increments, you know? Yeah. Like, this is this, this is how detailed I got. Just that this is a sound drop. Oh. <laughs> Just that that exists in my life. Right? It's awesome. I mean, these are... Are you kidding? These are... There classic. is no tomorrow! All right. Uh, yeah, I, I was very dedicated. <laughs> so so you go up to those tiers. You got the 10 that gets you all these other things, right? The 21, the $20 tier is really cool because you're giving out these uh, these uh, tours, like vir a virtual tours in there, right? Right, right. You'll get a 60-minute virtual tour, Yo Philly Rocky Film Tour, uh, via Zoom by um, uh, either the both of us or by me, just depending on whose schedule is doing what, uh, for as many people that could sit in front of your computer screen. So if you have like a, a room that you can pack in six, 700 people, you just think you can be a hero for like 600 people by 
doing a, a virtual Rocky tour. I mean, yeah, that's that's a good idea. And then the uh, the next tier, like I said, and I want to say the rest of the names because I cut them off. We said, yeah, Kevin, go ahead. You finish off said, and then we'll finish with the last. All right. We said Kevin Cernier and Matthew Grissinger. We have Jerry Rowan. Uh, we have uh, who sent us an amazing Rocky song that we put yeah. up on the Patreon page and only the Patreon people will get to see it. Jerry's a singer songwriter and he, he wrote this song. It's called keep, keep punching. Right. Mm, and he put it up on the song. page. It's, it's really good. I love it. And, and you, uh, so if you want to see that song he wrote, you got to join, uh, J- James Canterwitz, Ron Poliquin's up there. Uh, Ed Raymond, Ed Raymond and nice. Stacy and Stacy Burbeck. They're all, uh, new subscribers on our patreon if you want to get your name set on the podcast and you want to uh you know you're supporting the show too by doing it it really helps us because as, as you need to say and i'm going to look right at you this show is completely crowdfunded you hear that there's no commercials in this show it's just a straight hour straight hour and a half max we're trying to cut it down to an hour but there's yeah. no uh there's no commercials so you know it's it's a way of supporting the show and th- th- i just wanted to get that all off the top here and uh let me play the song one more time if i <laughs> if i can find it and i'll do my little uh my little gig plug take me seven hours to find it gig away i should just go with i'll go with this this is uh what i came up to stage on uh my first comedy special called medicated you'll hear an intro on the set. you should say it right here for john Maurice, everybody john there it is. So Valentine's Day, everybody. Uh, I'm actually doing a live show, a live show in a heated tent connected to this comedy club called the Stress Factory in wow. New Brunswick. They're able to do uh, they're able to do shows there with a full bar and, and food and everything because they built on to their comedy club and made it outside and completely heated. And the tent goes all the way closed. It's not one of these open tents where. You know, you're freezing if you're sitting in the wrong spot. It's completely closed in. Come on out. Two shows, Valentine's Day. And we're also selling a streaming ticket. So no matter where you live, you'll be able to watch me live. They have like a four camera setup and we're able to stream it out and and sell tickets to that. And that's all available on just go to my website for that. JoeMatterese.com. And you could always go to the stressfactory.com also. If you want to come out to that February 14th, love, love to see you there virtually or in person. All right, let's get to the show, Mike. Okay, we're doing a show. Okay, yeah, it's the whole what do we do here? Eight, eight minutes of plugs That's about nine minutes of plugging. We're, oh, we're 15 boy. minutes in. We're 15 oh minutes God. in. Oh, my God. So, so we after last week, Mike and I talked, and it seems like as the weeks go by that uh, we're noticing a lot of the fans are, you know, super, super into Rocky, you know, and then we're not talking about Rocky enough. And we gave each other homework, right, Mike? Yeah, we did. We you're, the rock, and, you're the rock. You're the I think you should. Uh, you should be the narrator of this. Uh, this piece of the podcast because you're the. You're the Rocky savant. So how would you describe what we what we did? So, it, it, one of the things that you 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 said it correctly is that there's just not enough Rocky. So whether <laughs> we're talking about 
there's never enough in life of Rocky. I think Rocky should be a character in every single movie, whether Marvel comes out with a new Avengers movie and Rocky's just buying a newspaper or he's in like a Meryl Streep movie as like a street vendor. Rocky should be in every single movie, but that's not going to happen. So we're going to talk about Rocky on every single podcast to one degree or another. Maybe it's going to be Rocky centric or maybe it's going to be the philosophy of Rocky and how it's either affected our lives or, or, or maybe we're just going to talk about a particular scene from the movie. Either way, I think we're just going to go with it with whatever's on our mind because we do have a large library or as Fonzie would say, a library of information for, um, you know, Rocky. So anyways, well, I'll say before we completely dive into this, I wanted to, mm -hmm. I wanted to kind of start it. Because I I held this back from you all week because I, I and I yeah. so wanted to tell you about it, but I was like I'm gonna save it for the podcast. You know, okay. you know, we're only three weeks in, but I'm finally at that point in my life where I'm like, all right, don't tell them, save it for the podcast, and I write it down Good. In, my, in my little notebook. But as we know, or at least your people know, your wife Sue has no problem with the the overuse of Rocky in your life from dressing like Rocky to, she just yeah. totally supports it. And I don't know if I've said it on this podcast yet. Some of the people that know from my old podcast that my wife, uh, I don't know why, but I think she connects Rocky with like the ex Guido guy in me. Like there's pictures of me laying around from when I was younger with the mullet, with the mullet and the pinky ring and the gold like chain with the cross and the, uh, the Playboy earring and a, maybe a picture of me driving a Trans Am. I had one when I was like 19 and turned yeah. 20. So Rocky, of course, has been, been being talked about a lot now that we're doing this podcast. And she sees me like, you know, I'm spending six hours pulling Rocky clips. And then the other day, uh, I almost had to hide it from her, but I bought a pair of black Converse Chuck Taylor sneakers. And, nice. uh, I was like, I was messing with her. I'm like, look at these things. Yeah, these are so Rocky, right? <laughs> and she told me that Rocky came up in therapy, that she brought up Rocky and that she had a dream that like Rocky was taking over our lives and that she was in the hospital with COVID. And I brought, and I brought Stallone there to try to cheer her up and make her feel better. And yeah, it, and it, and it did the opposite. <laughs> so it was classic well like my wife it's just i don't know did have we talked about that on, on the podcast yet that my wife and your wife are have completely opposite angles and that i could see you start to have inner hate towards my wife because she she won't absorb the uh rocky stuff in a positive way so i'm going to be very general in in my my language here um, and you could totally sweep the leg on my wife right now. I'll laugh. Oh, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that to anybody. Not, I mean, not anymore. Uh, <laughs> I never understood how anyone doesn't get Rocky. I, that I, I, it doesn't compute in my mind. So from that angle, I have no reference to your wife's brain. This is what I'm hoping, Mike. This is what I'm hoping. Yeah, yeah. What are you hoping? Oh, jeez. Everybody should change. Ask him over this minute. 
All right, sorry. No, that's good though. That's a, <laughs> but that, that's that's just it. And then how do we as change I got, your mic? Well, you see, here's the thing. I don't think that you can. I don't think it's possible after a certain age. I say this all the time. At any given point in our life, we are the sum total of our life experiences. Your wife's life experience mm -hmm. is vastly different than mine. And that's not a bad thing. That's a simple fact. My life has led me to a particular point and my wife has come along with me on that journey because she loves me. So I'm not saying it's always easy for my wife, but to go down this journey and I do have to be corralled at times. I can go over above what people think I already do go. So I, I so get it. But your I don't wife has actually said, Hey, you're too much now. Can we, of course, like, cause my wife, uh, maybe it's the same. Cause my wife, used to get that way with stand-up comedy too like if i bring it up too much or i want to talk about my act or a project that i'm working on that i'm writing if i yeah. bring it up like I, she gets to a point where she's like stop i just want to relax right now i don't want to talk about our jobs at all i get that uh, yeah. could you imagine if she were to bore you to death with what she does for a living and that's not a slam I, she's going to use all these technical sophisticated philosophical terminologies with you what well, some, I don't know. some of the reasons mike i think are because that she can't no matter what um share that with me so there's a point where even though she could talk about uh stand-up comedy she she's just like well i don't get to do that with my job so fuck him <laughs> there's a little bit of that you know <laughs> oh. which isn't nice but there is a little bit oh. of that and, and she's that way with her family too she can only share so much of her job with her family when you have a phd and you're studying you know the brain and alzheimer's disease on a sci in a, on a scientific right. level that's what she does she doesn't do therapy she's a neuropsychologist and does 100% yeah. research on the brain so she can't share um, it with the guy yeah, that likes it, Rocky. Yeah, and and I I just think it's it's just two very different points of view. I think a smart man's bet at this point, and you know this already. I'm saying this for people who may be wondering. I think you you accept that you say, okay, I don't have the type of life, uh, the type of relationship that can be overly flowing with certain passions that motivate you in life now current times not standing okay with standing uh wait that doesn't make sense pretend we're not in covid right now okay pretend it's normal times mm -hmm. it's not like you're some asshole comedian uh at the corner bar dingman's and you're standing in front of the bar telling dumb knock knock jokes for like free beers and it's not like i'm some wannabe loser standing at the Rocky statue begging for $5 to take your picture with me in front of the Rocky statue. Joe, we're making, uh, we make a lot of money at what we do. Now it just so happens to be, it's a passion. Now it's also not a traditional job being a stand-up comedian slash creator. Me be being a Rocky interpreter and running a Rocky tour and doing what I do. It, it's very, very different. Most, and I'm not even going to speak for you. I'm just going to speak for me. Uh, 
My worst days in life are most people's best days. And I don't say that to be arrogant or anything of that nature. That's a fact. I wake up in the morning. I go into Rocky mode in my mind, which is the favorite place I love to think about things. And then I talk about like-minded people for eight hours a day on Rocky tours about Rocky. And then I tell my own story. I weave it in there. So I'm talking about myself. I'm talking about Rocky. People are talking. I'm getting them to open up to talk about their desires and passions. So at the end of the and now we're driving around to all the Rocky locations that were in a movie that formed who I am as a person. How, how is that bad? It's a great day. So other than traffic, I mean, it, that that's where my life is. I don't know. I mean, take it to the zoo. Anyways, that was a long rant. And uh, but no, I just um, I, I, I know if in the future, when I get a chance to meet your wife, I know never to I'm going to like show up like Woody Allen. I'm going to be like the total opposite. I'll be. I won't be Rocky. Trust me. That well, will be the last. I'll never even utter the words. Well, the odd thing is, is that our relationship is a lot like Rocky and Adrian. So even she doesn't realize it. But I mean, uh, I mean, here's the perfect. I think we make a real sharp couple of coconuts. I'm dumb. You're shy. What do you think? Huh? I mean, she's not shy and I'm not dumb. But, you know, there was about 10 to 15 years where my whole stand up act was about being dumb. You know, no, really. and I would exaggerate it a little bit. And I had jokes that were lies. But then yeah. I had to make me sound dumber because it really worked. It would work well on stage, you know. Right. And then you start to realize that that's not you and you evolve out of it. Um, let me the only explain. Thing that I remember yeah, I, no, one of the dumb guy jokes. It's weird when you evolve out of things, they stop working. Like I had a joke yeah. about getting a girl's number and I didn't know how long to wait to call. And this was uh -huh. before swingers came out and they had that whole thing about waiting to call. And the joke was like, my friend said, if you like her a lot, wait like three days. If you're really, really into her, you might want to wait like five. And I go, dude, I, I'm, I'm, I'm insanely into this girl. I'm never calling. Right. That was the joke. And it only worked yeah. when I was a dumb guy. I'd be like, I'm not because I, I like delivered it like I believe that was going to work. Never calling. Yeah, it's going right, to work right. like that's how yeah. dumb you are. So uh, very dumb. I still have comedian. Uh, one comedian friend. It's like, dude, you got to go back to that. That was great when you were the dumb guy. I love the dumb guy. I'm like, I'm not I'm not dumb, though. Like I'm dumb on certain subjects, but not I'm smart. I'm not dumb. Like people say, I'm smart. What's that from? Fredo. Oh. Uh, uh. <laughs> I was your older brother, Mike. <laughs> That's what Pop wanted. It wasn't what I wanted. <laughs> the only Took thing. Took his best shot and become champ. Huh? <laughs> what shot You're... did you ever take? Well, I... You're going to punch us in the face with those drops. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. Gonna... <laughs> I can't stop. That's funny. I That's can't funny. stop. Yeah, so that's how I wanted to start this segment. So I, I think it's good advice. I'm fine with her. I've accepted her as no, no, the no. I, I know you have. You, you talk so sweetly about your wife in all of our private conversations. It, it really is. So if she sees this episode. I, I do want her to know you're glowing when you speak about your wife. The yeah. only thing I just, I just wish she could. <laughs> 
step back and and not be so closed off that she refuses to watch Rocky from start to finish. No, she has watched Rocky from start to finish. The first one I watched it with her when we were starting to date, and you we told me she it. never watched it. No, she watched Rocky, and then we saw we watched Creed two together like a couple months ago. The whole movie, and she goes, mm. "You lied. You said there wasn't a lot of boxing in it. I <laughs> I thought there wasn't." Rocky Balboa would have been a Balboa would have been a better choice than Creed too. It's much more sensitive, much more evolved. It's Rocky dealing with the death of Adrian. I think she would have appreciated that, you know, because it's much more soulful. You know, Creed two is kind of a mishmash. Uh, Creed two got very screwed up. I should have I should have shared this with you, and you would have steered me towards Balboa. (laughs) I don't have one Balboa clip pulled here for sound drops. I oh should. My God. I should have well, had something in the basement, but I didn't find. I, didn't, I couldn't find. I, it. I wish you did because that's that's leading me into our our my talk now about Rocky, which is, uh, you know, it? we're talking the the motivational part, which is Rocky's epic speech, probably the greatest speech ever given in a movie. His sunshine and rainbows. It ain't about how hard you can hit. It's about how hard you can get hit. Which is why I'm dressed the way that I'm dressed. This is the burgundy blazer and the Dempsey shirt that Rocky wears on the street during the scene where he's tired of his son complaining and dogging him and his son blaming his own unhappiness on his father. And Rocky gives this. I If anybody hasn't seen this speech or if you haven't seen it in a while, go to YouTube and just put Rocky Balboa speech. It comes right up and uh, you'll know it because Rocky's wearing this outfit. And it's it's brilliant. I was there the night they filmed it. I watched them when they did it, and it it blows you away. It, did you know that scene before you were watching him do it? No, be, every I had no idea why is he wearing a burgundy. I was on set of Rocky Balboa for a week, and it was all night shoots at the Victor Cafe, which was Adrian's restaurant, and I didn't know they were going to, nothing because even though the internet was out in in early 06 i mean it was out before that it was you didn't have the level of tmz cell phones smartphones just came out a few months before production went in for balboa so there wasn't a lot of the video being put up there was no twitter there was no instagram so you know you didn't have key plot points and you you don't understand why is he yelling at Milo Ventimiglia in the middle of a street at night? It was like two o'clock in the morning. And he's like, what's happening here? And so uh, when they, of course, put it all together, you're like, ah, now I get it. Rocky is so fed up. And see, that's why I identify with Rocky and why I think the Creed character, not the original Creed movie, but the Creed character I cannot identify with because to me, Adonis Creed is an epic crybaby on, on many, many levels. I can't, I don't bond with him at all. Well, Rocky never went out and cried or complained about things. He just went and he did it. He didn't have a lot of self-confidence, but he, he said, okay, I'm going to put that aside. I'm going to go try anyways. If I, I'm I'm probably going to fail in my fight against Apollo Creed. Uh, He's the best in the world, but I'm going to try anyways. If I could just be standing, very simple. And so I think this speech encapsulates all of the Rocky movies in in one beautifully moving scene. So. Yeah, I, I could be wrong, but I think I remember seeing 
the trailer for you know, and, and how many years went by before Rocky Balboa came out between Rocky Four or Rocky Five and Rocky Balboa? How many years were there? Just about fifteen years, about fourteen and a half, fifteen years. Wow! So you forget how long it was. I remember. Yeah, I think we went. I went with all my friends to see it on Christmas Day. I think it might have came out. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but I remember the trailer. As I and tell me if I'm wrong, I think it had at least it had moments of this speech in the trailer. Did it? Yeah, I there were several trailers and one of them did. But there was one in particular, Joe, December 18th, I believe, is when it came out. Uh, it, the 18th or the 20th. Yeah. Either way, there was one particular thing. And, and I, I you got to look for this. There's a scene when he's in the ring fighting Mason Dixon at the end and mm -hmm. Mason knocks him down and Rocky's trying to get up and he's taken a beating already. And in his head, he says to himself, it ain't about how hard you can hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward, how much you can take and keep moving forward. And then he says to himself, get up. Oh, even now I get chills thinking about wow. that. moment. It's such a great moment. Get up. And it, it was, oh, it, it, it was, it, I should have prefaced it. What was it you said to the kid? And so it's after the moment he had, and he's beginning to think, oh my God, I gave my kid this advice. I ought to take my own advice. It's not about how hard this guy can hit me. It's not about how hard I can hit this guy. It's about how he can hit me and how I raise up. And so for me, it's just uh, absolutely brilliant. Wow. Uh, I can't. Um... What was I going to say about that? That My only problem with that Rocky Balboa movie, and I, maybe I'm the only one. This is how OCD I am. This yeah. shows my personality. I, I didn't like the way they shot the fight at the end on video instead of film. So it looked like we were watching Rocky fight on HBO for real. And I know he wanted it that way. Yeah. Yeah. But for some reason, like, I don't like when, like, not that it was a switch of genre. Okay. Like I remember having a problem with the movie um, that Clint Eastwood did with Hillary Swank, uh, Million Dollar Baby, because the movie mm -hmm. was a boxing movie. Then all of a sudden, it becomes the saddest movie in the world about this girl that becomes uh, quadriplegic or whatever. Right? Isn't that what happened? Yeah. In the movie? And I was like, uh, it just yes. Switch genre. It went from Rocky to like Born on the Fourth of July. And I was like, I can't watch this. You right. can't switch genres that much. It's like when a stand-up comedian tries to do something that's overly serious and it throws people. Yeah. Uh, so Rocky Balboa, it looked like a movie. And then all of a sudden, it, I'm like, why you just do the fight, but shoot it on film. So it looks like a movie. We're watching a movie. Why did it have to look like a, a real boxing match at the end? Any idea? Uh, he wanted... That's he what he realism. wanted. He wanted it. He wanted realism. Real. Yeah. And because, you know, in Rocky Four, when Rocky and Drago are punching each other, the sound effects are of shotgun blasts, um, meat like a, a 50 pound side of beef being hit with a bag of chains and broken glass. Um, edited in with shotgun blast and fireworks. That's what the punch sound. So Stallone wanted this to be very real. And that's what Rocky Balboa, I personally, I have zero issues with Rocky Balboa. Uh, I had doubted it earlier when they were going to go a little different direction with it. But with after Rocky Balboa came out, I said to myself, I will never, ever discount or doubt Sylvester Stallone again.
just because Rocky Balboa just captured everything I had hoped. It's so hard to recapture the magic of the original Rocky. So if you could come close to that, and now we all know what the fight looks like. So why don't why don't we change it? Let's do something different. So I didn't see it as being different genres. I just saw it as an evolution in the the fights. Because if you took right. if if you look at fights in the forties. They look vastly different than they do today, but it's still boxing. It's still the same thing. I mean, I don't like the clothes they wear these days. The boxing shorts. They, I think boxing shorts look ridiculous today on people. <laughs> they did. They, they look like idiots in these. The, the shorts are so big and baggy. They just look dumb. <laughs> I, I who, who said, you know what? We always had a nice tailored fit. People look kind of good. They look like a pair of summer shorts you could walk around in. These things, they look like balloons. They just look stupid. Look like a clown. <laughs> and that's the main reason I don't, I don't watch lie. boxing. Uh, <laughs> tomato. Tomato. Um, so, so, uh, I think I'm gonna have to go watch Rocky Balboa again. I might watch it today. I mean, I'll grab my son because he's never seen that one. Let's see if we can watch get him to watch a, it. Watch it from a point of view of losing everything and not having that key person in your life that anchor. When that anchor is taken away, the one thing that made you, you know, who you were, now that's gone. Now you have to find a way to live. And I, I just think Rocky is such a brilliant poster boy for these things. Um, what would Rocky do? Well, I'm glad you shared that. That's uh, I liked watching you get so emotional there. That was amazing. I, I, I get it. <laughs> If I wasn't on antidepressants, I could probably get emotional uh, with you being emotional. And I would probably get more emotional uh, when I'm going to share what part of Rocky really speaks to me the most. Yeah. Yeah. Please tell me. And I think I've shared this with you because it's going to be it's going to be in the play in some sort that you and I are writing about. Mm -hmm. um, Mike and I are doing this two person play. And that's another thing that we talk about on the patreon also so we're uh, you know trying to raise money to uh do this play totally uh the best way we can do it in philadelphia to start right and we're about halfway through this podcast is taking over we got to get back to writing our script again i've written anything in, a, in in almost two and a half weeks me either. Laura, don't t- don't tell to- laura laura's going to be so angry with us yeah, Laura is our uh, is playing all the female roles in this play what we're writing, and she's our writing coach because she's a a screenwriter and she's amazing at mm-hmm. it. And um, I told her that she needs to start uh, sweeping the leg and start kicking our ass because we got lazy. She looks just like Liz Lemon too. Looks just like her. I don't know. Tina Fey. Tina, Tina Fey. Yes. Tina Fey. Yeah. She looks exactly like Tina Fey. Yes. As a matter of fact, when the first time we did our thing, we did our our Zoom meeting. Mm-hmm. I, I thought Joe, because Joe, you know a lot of people, and uh, you know, I only know one famous guy. So uh, I thought, you know, maybe somehow you had a connection with Tina Fey, and I had to look at her twice, man. And I tell <laughs> her this all the time, and she, she says, "I'm." I'm crazy, but anyways. Anyway, Joe, I want to hear about you and what Rocky... How, tell me your story. Well, the homework we assigned, and I hope I didn't take this incorrectly, because to me, what also I think is so great about Rocky movies, and I really noticed it when we started writing the play, because I had to start studying it in a in a closer 
uh, manner. So I'm like going through scenes, and I think I might have even said this to you. I said, especially in the first movie, I don't know if it's as, in his all of the Rockies, but in the first movie, Rock, Stallone playing Rocky, some of his best moments are when he's not saying anything. There's no dialogue. He's literally, okay. and I know from acting, and it's not an easy skill to do, where you're playing the part with your eyes, what you're thinking, your inner monologues, as they would say. And they used to say Brando was such a great actor because he could walk on the screen and you could tell where he's been, what his life was or what he's feeling or those kind of mm. things. And those are the moments. And I, I just pulled three pictures to me that I just relate to. And this first picture, and, and you'll see it. Now, that picture, when he comes <laughs> into the locker room and Spider Rico, I think this is right after Spider Rico goes, you know, you were really lucky tonight. Is that what he says to him? You're really lucky. You really got lucky. You got lucky tonight. Right. I think it's literally that face just says, what the fuck am I doing with my life? I can't believe I'm still here. And I've shared this story with you. This moment here, and there's a few different ones in, in in the very beginning of Rocky. So you have that picture, then these two pictures. Okay, the mm-hmm. I think this is right after he looks at this he picture. Tr- yeah, so it's it's that. Look at myself, and then, uh, look at me. Right, right, right. So, oh my God, did does that you know make me uh? That can make me emotional because I've had yeah the the biggest moment for me like that was and I've told you this story I don't know if I've ever told it on a podcast before but I'd say I was about I was far enough into comedy where this really hurt my feelings when it happened I was probably about twelve years into stand up scraping. I mean, just barely making my rent every month. I'm living in Astoria, Queens. And uh, I got a roommate. I got some shitty apartment. And I just want to be a comedian. And uh, this guy, there was this guy, Roger Paul. And he used to always book you at these odd gigs. You know, they were never for high money. They were like just enough. Sometimes they were really far. And you didn't give a shit. You just needed to perform. And I remember he, he would call you the day of. He'd be like, are you available tonight at eight o'clock? And I remember this. I needed money bad. I go, where? He's like, Staten Island. You know, and just as a comedian, when you hear Staten Island, you know, well, this is probably going to suck. <laughs> There's something ah. about whenever you go to Staten Island, it's just, it's like this missing borough. And I hate to shit on it if you live there. And I'm an Italian guy. This is like 100% Italian place for an Italian to not want to go to an area where the whole audience is going to be Italian. Right, like, right. They're all, like, everyone there is wearing a guinea tea and, like, uh, smoking cigars. <laughs> you know what I mean? With, like, a tattoo on their neck. And, 
eating brajol or I don't, I don't know what they're doing but like i would just bomb i never had that kind of act that would work with like the really um what would you call them uh, what do you call the snooky the, crowd the low yeah the the jersey shore that's a good way to put it yeah total jersey shore crowd and but i need the money so i say okay and go just going over the Varanzano bridge costs 20 dollars so so it would be like you're spending 30 in tolls to go make like 150 right right and right i can't find the place and this is before cell phones yeah I'm, I'm i got like a map in my car i can't find it i can't find it i think i had a uh i think i had a phone card you know where you yeah know, you put some money on your card and you could call so i i, I find the number to place i call and i go i can't find you i'm in staten island this is where i am um can you help me get there and the guy's like we, we don't we're not doing comedy tonight we don't do comedy and i can hear jim norton was on stage he was going on <laughs> before me that's how long right. ago that's how long wow. ago it was because he's like way more famous than me now but back then he was going on before me and <laughs> i hear him performing over the phone i go like uh, what do you mean you're not doing comedy tonight he's like we're not doing comedy tonight clicks and hangs up on me and I'm like, motherfucker. So I'm like, fuck it. And I just start looking at the map closer, and I end up finding the gig. I walk in. Jim Norton's still on stage, so I know him in time. And the guy goes, I told you on the phone, dude, we're not doing comedy tonight. I go, what do you mean? There's a show going on right now. I'm supposed to go yeah. on after him. I'm supposed to make $150. And he's like, uh, you know, the World Series is killing us. I only got about 15 people in the audience in there. And so we're just going to pay one comedian. Uh, can I get you something to eat? That's what he says. Can I get you something to eat? And if th that's the exact face, <laughs> that's yeah, the exact yeah. face I made. Like, are you fucking kidding me? I just drove right. in bad weather over to Veranzano, $20 in tolls just one way. I need the money to pay my rent. And I literally look at the guy and I go, dude, I'm way past. Uh, do you want something to eat instead of your pay? I'm way past that level as a comedian. Right, right. And he, and he, he was this big. I mean, he was big, big, muscular, yeah, yeah. older Italian guy. Those are the scary ones. He was like he was like 60, but like tough 60. Yeah, he, they don't care about murder at this point. No. And he goes, do you want to talk outside about this? I go. That's where, like, from being from Cherry Hill, New Jersey, I don't know the streets, but I had lived right. in New York City long enough, or Queens, yeah. long enough to know, don't right. go outside with that guy, because <laughs> you will get your ass kicked, you know? He's going to smash yeah. you against the wall and tell you to get the fuck out of here. And uh, I literally, I'll never forget it, I walked into the car. It's going to make me sound like such a pussy, but it really happened. I walked into the car. I closed my door, and I still remember it. I punched my steering wheel as hard as I could. I just went, motherfucker. Mm. I punched it, and then I just started crying. I was like, what are you doing? One of those. I was like, ah. Yeah. This is before meds. The yeah, anger yeah. just went. I went, what are you doing with your life? Right. Oh, right there. I mean, yeah, that. And this is early in the Rocky movie. So it was like just the beginning of the movie. 
it just sucked me in right away. It was like I was watching. It wasn't a movie anymore. It was a documentary right. about a boxer that could be anybody that's trying to do something that just yeah. beats your it beats your body up. Like ro- yeah. boxing is like they compare comedy to boxing sometimes. I've heard comedians because it's such a just oh, yeah. you alone kind of fighting the crowd kind of uh, event. Oh, I totally see that. Yeah. 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 Did you ever go back and play that club years later? No, it's probably not there. Dude, this you had to go through a Gold's Gym <laughs> to get to the club. It was a restaurant above a Gold's Gym. And that was back when all the Guidos would work out of Gold's Gym. Oh, Even Stallone okay. probably at a time was like, you could find pictures of him at a Gold's Gym with Schwarzenegger just freaking doing <laughs> heavy curls. <laughs> one of those gyms where those big Italian guys would put like a towel on their chest. You ever see? And they would just bench press and like bounce it. I'm like, what is that doing for your for your body to bounce weights off of your chest instead of just like lifting it normally? But no, no, I never, I never went back. I never went back. Right. And uh, oh, oh, that's funny. God, it was a shitty gig. So it was one of those. I used yeah, to have. Yeah, a li- yeah, 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 I yeah. used to have a line on stage where I go, if I never work here again. It means I'm doing better. <laughs> that was one of those clubs. Right, 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 right. And if you knew if that line came out of your mouth, you didn't care mentally if you ever worked. Ah, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, no, and that's the thing. That's such a, a great correlation, I think, to those uh, those pictures, the, those early moments in Rocky. And I think a lot of people have that. And I think that's why that that's one of the many reasons why this character has endured for so long. Um I, which makes me sad when people just arbitrarily just they yeah. don't get it they just they, they choose much, they, yeah, yeah well, it, it, it does but i have to let that go because there's i mean that's just life what are you gonna do i i usually just don't associate with those people <laughs> that's my that's my thing yeah well when you said uh did you ever work there again I mean, now here's the line. When do I fight again? <laughs> when do I come back? When do you come back, right? I would have literally he called me a week later and he would have said, can you go back there? I probably would have went fucking back because I, that's what I do. I'm a comedian. It, I need the money and that's this is what I do for a living. Yeah, let's go back. If it wasn't that place, you probably went to other dive places to, to get a paycheck. Still Believe do. me, Still I do. get it. I get it, man. No, we, that's, we, you know, unless you're multimillionaire, you know, you got to keep bringing in the money. So <laughs> at least you're doing what you love, which is, you know, what you're good at too, uh, which I always tell people, could you imagine? Like, I always hated being new at a job. I had like 20 different jobs in my life and you go in new people come to you. Oh, can you help me? No, I can't help you. I have my thumbs up my ass. I'm new here. I don't know what I'm doing, but that guy over there can help you, but he's on the phone. And then you have to stand with the customer and, and make small talk because you don't know what to do to help them. It's like your third day on the job. It's, I hate that. I hate it. I'd rather be this. homeless. It's a very, this is a very Rocky uh, Stallone episode we're doing here. And, 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 and what we said last week, cause you did, it seems like it was two weeks ago, but it wasn't, it was last no, week. No, no, no. It you, seemed like it was 20 minutes ago for me. Okay. When you did Rocky <sighs> doing the news. And then I said, after the podcast, I go, why are we doing Rocky doing the news? You should be doing news about Rocky as right. you or news about Stallone, which 
I've watched. I feel like I'm starting to know a lot about Stallone through you. I mean, I already got the Chuck Taylors, but um, did you see? Uh, well, we got to play this music if we're going to go into. Uh, and now also. So we have Sylvester Stallone, Rocky News. We do so, have Sylvester so, Stallone, Rocky News. So and what do you got you, on him? What's going well, as, on? As you can see, I have two pages here of Sylvester Stallone News. But as a promise to our uh, listeners, we vowed to keep the show under or at one hour. And we are 53 minutes in. So um, he's redoing Rocky Four. Next. <laughs> Well, I was going to say when I was what I I went on Stallone's Instagram, I think it was his Instagram and he's on a he's on his it's either his private jet or he rents private jets, but he's on a private jet. Did you see that video? I did. Yeah, he was all in denim. I teased him about it and he liked it. (laughs) And what did he say? He he was going to watch the, the edit, right? Yeah. So he's going to watch. He's going to finish Rocky four and watch the director's cut of samaritan so he here's the here's the deal about rocky four so in may 2020 sly put up a vintage post a picture that any rocky fan worth their salt would have seen a billion times of sly and dolph working out pre-rocky four in the gym and he made some references to it and he told a little story about how dolph and carl weathers um had gotten into a shoving match during the death scene of Apollo Creed and Carl Weathers wanted no part of it and left the ring at that point Carl Weathers was heavy on the ego and Dolph was an up-and-comer who wasn't going to take Carl's shit so uh anyways real like not that was real that really happened right not in the movie no there was a little discretion that went on and Stallone had to smooth things over as the star director writer producer so then it started. I just imagine it started playing on Sly's mind. On August fifth, Stallone posted um, outtakes with Rocky and Drago, and Stallone said tinkering around a bit. And a lot of us are like, "What does that mean, Rocky Four? And even though Rocky Four is my least favorite Rocky, I still love it. I still love it. Um, but it did pique my interest. So then on August fifth, he says. Um, uh, there was a, a video of Dolph at a press conference as Drago saying, I cannot be defeated. And Sly's like, why did we never use that line? So then he puts out a bunch of other things um, and he keeps he keeps uh, putting out like two minutes worth of video of him in an editing room with uh, two other guys and they're working on the edits and Sly's um, uh, discussing it in great detail. And I, it was fascinating. And I had noticed in Rocky four, when he, right before he goes to Russia and he sits on the kid's bed and the kid goes, when a giant man is trying to beat me up, I'd be really scared. And Rocky's going back and forth. If you look up on the wall to the upper right-hand side, you will see a football pennant, but it's a football pennant of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I wrote Sly and I said, Hey, I don't know if you ever noticed this, but why do you have a Pittsburgh Steelers in a movie that is taking place in Philadelphia? Mm-hmm. And he wrote me back and he said, um, that was wait, what What I wrote down what he said here. Um, it was by a it was a, mis, a foolish mistake by an amateur set dresser. It will be corrected in the re-edition. So I thought. I'm going to look for that. And if by chance Sly remembered it or if he was just appeasing me, uh, I, I'm going to look for that banner to be changed. 
Um, then you might just uh, we, see not see that angle. He, just you might. He just might cut angle. it out. Right. Yeah, he, he could. He could. So now we, we're getting into deleted boxing scenes. Um, the the scene that we all saw in pictures and in the in one of the early Rocky Four trailers, Rocky is sitting at a big table with the heads of the boxing council. And he put that scene back into it. One of the things a lot of people I think are going to be disappointed with and I'm happy about is that he removed all traces of Seiko the robot. So the robot's not going to be in there, Paulie's girlfriend. And I'm kind of glad because that was one of the things that I thought reduced the credibility of Rocky for. I think it was just too silly. And although it was the 80s and a lot of silly things were going on, but still, I'm glad that's gone. Uh, and then Sly said uh, in one of the posts, this Rocky Four is going to be a much more soulful Rocky. And that really... Uh, piqued my interest and a lot of people. So yesterday when Sly said that he was going um, to see the, uh, to work or to finish Rocky four, I thought he had already come out about two weeks ago saying he did finish Rocky four. Obviously there must be something else to it. Um, so I guess we're going to see. And that is oh. Sylvester Stallone news for today. Where's the music? Where's the music? Oh, uh, we our producers have got to fire the music director. This guy sucks. <laughs> uh, I had a call I, me stupid, but that went better than last week. Okay, Rocky that was news. great. I thought it was very great, and I I was I was super interested in everything you were saying there. I, I'm curious if there's enough <clears throat> footage, uh, extra footage. In all the Rocky movies, you wonder if he's able to do re-edits of other ones. There's a shitload of uh, uh, miles and hours and hours of video, except from the original Rocky. And again, most fans know that the original Rocky, um, uh, all the video was burned, except one. And an interesting... I didn't know this. It's it yeah. was burned? Yeah, that's what they used to do back in the 60s and 70s. I guess always, once a film was in the can, as meaning it's done, they would burn the footage because nobody thought of DVDs and digital behind the scenes and outtakes and all that. The film was done. So where would you store all of it? So they just burnt it. Now, they have every shot Stallone ever did in Rhinestone, but the original Rocky that won three Oscars, all that's gone, except for a man named Stan Shaw. Now, do you know who Stan Shaw is? No. Okay, Stan Shaw is an actor who was in two movies with Sylvester Stallone. He was in Daylight. He played the cop that gets killed in the tunnel uh, from in 96 or 95, whenever that movie came out. But way more importantly, he played Dipper, the yep. guy who takes Rocky's locker. That's Stan Shaw. Okay. There was a scene where Dipper gets into a fight with Rocky in front of Apollo Creed at Mickey's gym. It's a whole plot point. And Stan Shaw is the only one who has this video. Anyways, Stallone put a picture out of a deleted scene of this very moment. And I told a mutual friend of mine, we had been discussing it. And this mutual friend of mine is best friends with Stan Shaw. And so he tells Stan Shaw about it. And Stan Shaw puts out more pictures of this deleted scene and tells the story about it. So I thought that was kind of locker, interesting. Man. There he is. There he <laughs> is. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah, you I, get better didn't you post a picture on your Instagram of Dipper? 
I've done, yeah. I mean, and that's one of the things I, if people want to go on, there's so much rare stuff on my Instagram, stuff that Sly comments on. He's taken pictures of mine and put it out there. Um, you, you know, it's just one of those things where, uh, he's into it. He, I come I have, I do have access to things I've collected over 40 years. So, you know, check it out. The Yo for the record. I'm surprised <clears throat> Stallone or somebody didn't want to, um, save that reel of film just for their own archives. Like I remember yeah. there's something on YouTube where they did a little documentary years and years ago with Eddie Van Halen. And he brought everybody into this room in his house. He built, he built his own recording studio in his house mm -hmm. that he wasn't allowed to do for some uh, reason, I guess for noise or something like that. Yeah. In yeah. The, where he was. So he lied and said it was like, I don't know, like a bowling alley. He was building a bowling alley. And no, then really? he like tucked in like this recording studio, but then he, it, it, it's on V it's like an old VH one classic on, on YouTube. right. Right. Yeah. He takes them into this other room and he shows all the recordings from like every one of the albums, all the outtakes, everything. He just had stacks and stacks of, wow. of you know footage so i'm surprised somebody didn't save that you wonder if they could change the whole movie by a re-edit is it yes. gonna yes they can and joe that's one of the things i think we ought to have a whole episode uh, just talking about all the deleted things the making of videos that are out there that are very tough to come by there's so much i could share with you guys that a lot of fans don't even know exists very quickly before we move on, we have the CBS News uh, a channel. Or I'm sorry, on, on CBS back in 79, there was a an hour documentary of Rocky II called Rocky's People. It's brilliant. Just remind me to uh, talk about that uh, next time. Anyways. Okay, definitely. I love it. I love it. It's, I love it's fascinating. it. Fascinating. So let's, uh, you know, we we went a couple minutes over our time, so we'll we'll keep it tight here at the end i know we have some voicemails yeah so yeah we'll, sh we'll shorten those uh and we also have and we'll play some of them next week instead and then we want to we'll just leave them with like a quick word of motivation at the end Definitely. so uh let me scroll down my my brother actually left a, a voicemail because i had a phone oh, did he? yeah i had a phone conversation with him this week and he had all this advice advice because he he loves the the yo rocky film tour and he's always like my brother's such a businessman <clears throat> i'm losing my voice oh, that's cool and he's like saying all this stuff i go can we bring you on the show and he's such, he's such a pain in the ass you'll even hear him he breaks balls on the voicemail i go fine don't come on the show just leave a voicemail with your bullet points of your little business ideas for mike and his yo philly rocky film tour <laughs> So here's my brother calling in. Okay. <laughs> and give him a break because he's he's just such a he's such what's a his, what, what's his what's his name? Carl? Chris, Chris. Matt, it's my brother Chris. He's nine years younger than me, but he's always the guy that knows more than me. And he's always he's always giving me career advice. I don't know if you have anyone like that in your life. I, yeah, everyone. I thought you said his name was Carl. No. Sure. I know a guy I know one of our uh listeners is named Carl, but my brother's Chris. Okay, I like Listen. Carl. Carl Matteris. That's a good name. <laughs> Carl. All right, All here right. we go. Here's Chris Matteris with some words for Mike. If we can get it to Dude, play, did that take longer to get to the beat? It rang eight times. I'm about to hang up. Joe, Mike, 
Kunda, pretender contender. Uh, just giving a call. My brother's begging me on a Saturday night at 10 to call the voicemail number. <laughs> About my ideas. Uh, I don't really have too many. Uh, what I said was I think Mike should open up a, a Rocky museum in Philly. Uh, still thinking about location, whether uh, somewhere in Center City, close enough to the art museum that you have all your artifacts from your basement, which is a Rocky Smithsonian, which I've seen on uh, on Instagram. But uh, he said you may have trouble at the par- uh, parting with some of that stuff. But I really think if you opened up a little museum doesn't have to be big, but all those rocky artifacts, that that place would be a gold mine for every tourist coming into town. And then at the end of your tours, you swing by, they pay another couple bucks to come in to see all your stuff. You can sell any merch. Uh, I just, I think it, it would be, it would be huge. It'd be one of those must-see spots for everybody coming into town. Uh, $10 to get in, they get a tour, look at all your, uh, your memorabilia. Uh, easy money maker. So that was my idea. You guys can run with it. <laughs> Chris Matteris. Wow, you know Carl, I, Chris did that. Yeah, that was something we actually, I talked to Stallone about a few years ago about doing that. And I had that idea about seven years ago. And then reality sits in. And reality is to get a building to, to rent space, you're looking at about $4,800 a month just to rent space. And the problem is you have to, you definitely have to have it in a part of Philadelphia where there's tourists walking around. Where, is the, where I, is the best part of Philly for that? Like old city down by Liberty Bell down in there. But that's nowhere near the, the, the uh, art museum though. No, nah, you don't want to go over that's there. That's too far. It, it's too far and it's it's not really touristy because okay. people that are going to go to the art museum there's nowhere over there to, to have a building so you'd have to do it so he is right you'd have to have it somewhere where the tourists um flock to uh but you have to you got to sell a lot of stuff and one of the things stallone and i had talked about was him buying mighty mix gym and turning that into a mini museum and uh i had told him my idea for for mighty mix gym and he loved it and we're actually on video speaking about it um but uh, it's a great idea yeah well one one i had uh how many, how wanted many, to attain i mean if people were to pay to come in you, you don't really have to sell anything it's just to look at, just to look at everything you have and then uh it's a place where they could book the tour also you know it's like i guess they always say I, a great book mike if and any of the uh watching fans right now or listeners i highly recommend this book if you're very entrepreneurial type because it changed my life when i read it and see if i can remember the name of it oh god i used to preach about this book all the time um okay so uh we wanted to leave him well we, we have one more voicemail we'll play one more guy here hey guys this is anthony from toronto ontario canada and uh also known as ray n7 ray n7 on instagram 
Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know this guy. I've had conversations. Uh, what does per, from pretender to contender mean to me? I was given this some thoughts, and uh, for me, what I think it is is that very quiet moment, that minute moment within someone's stuff. It's not grand. It's not horns blaring. It's just a very quiet moment that people have that you realize that it's time to do something. Whatever it is, whatever your motive is, get a new job, quit a job, work out, lose weight, whatever your motive is, write a book, whatever your reasoning is, it's that moment within yourself that you realize that you're going to do this and you mean it. Just like Sly's character in Over the Top when he says, I put my hat backwards and it's like a switch goes off. That's what pretender to contender means to me. It's when that switch goes off in your mind and you mean it and you're going to do it. Right? We all know in Rocky Three, that moment for Rocky, the Adrian speech on the beach, he has no confidence. He doesn't know what he's doing. If he wants to do this anymore, she gives him the speech and you can see it. You can see it in his eyes when the switch goes off. And what happens if next? He's ready to go. He's raring to go. He's confident again. He's training with Apollo. He gets in that ring with Clubber Lang, steel eyes. He knows he's going to get it and he gets it. It's that moment within a person that you realize you're going to do what you haven't been doing, what you've been putting off, what you've been afraid to do. That moment right there, that very minute moment when you say, I'm doing this. And more than actually doing it, you have to do it or it doesn't mean anything. But more than the actual physical doing it, it is that moment where you say, that's it now. I'm doing this. And that's what from pretender to contender means to me. You're ready to contend for life, whatever, whatever your motive or reason is, you're doing it and you've decided to do it. And it's real boys. Thank you so much. Love the show. Keep up the great work. I love you both. Keep punching. Oh, we love you too. <laughs> hey, that was well thought out. I like that. That's interesting. Never heard anybody quite say that quiet moment. Very interesting take. Yeah. Well, didn't you say in your uh, the Pretender documentary that it was that you called them the whispers, right? Mm -hmm. That's those quiet moments. I, I really like the way he described that. Uh, yeah, me too. I can totally, uh, totally relate. And uh, that was really what my end of the show was going to be with the with the motivational takeaway. I think this was like a perfect kind of music. Yeah. Like, what is, what is your takeaway from this episode, Mike, that could be some sort of motivation? So my takeaway, it wasn't going to be so much about, it was going to be something different, and I'm going to shorten it massively. Mine is about um, kindness at a very young age and how, in like, in school, we high school can be a disaster for most of us. And, you don't need me to tell you about that. Just think about your own experiences. And we always think everybody else has it so much easier, especially if we're the ones suffering in high school. For me, 
I was always a square peg round hole. I never fit in anywhere. But there were a few people, very few people who showed me kindness. And I think that kindness really lends itself to the building blocks, a cohesive building block of who you will become later in life. And I thought those people had it all together and they didn't. They were suffering as bad as I was. Only back then, I was so absorbed with my own stuff and my own issues. I don't think I was as kind as they were to me. And I'm only talking maybe two or three people. Um, so that that's my big takeaway is at a young age, just don't assume everyone has it easy. We all have, everybody's dealing with some type of baggage. And again, it's kind of a recurring thing with me that kindness, just put it out as much as you can in the world. And know as someone, if you ever hear me not being kind to someone, know they crossed a big line with me and they probably deserve it. So other than that, keep punching and be kind always. I like that. Yeah. I, uh, I can't stop saying keep punching, by the way, over all week. <laughs> I don't know if you saw I love that. that. I love did that you do that. Did you see the video I posted where I said I'm addicted to saying keep punching? Keep punching. Keep punching. I couldn't stop. <laughs> uh, Your wife is going to punch you. Uh, yeah, so we didn't really get to my uh, section about comedy, but I think it, um, it connects with my motivational uh, ending here. Because I wanted to talk about comedy and how uh, I'm not sure. I still have this feeling inside that it's not really my true calling. And that um, I feel like I'm getting closer and closer to that true calling as I get as I get older. And um, it kind of connects to, you know, the Rocky line uh, as I'll play it right here. We'll shut the music for a second. Let's shut this music. Great music. Which is the civilized line. You got civilized. Oh, yeah. uh, from from Rocky 3. It feels a lot like when I had kids and I started going to therapy and I, and I got uh, medication to help me with my severe anxiety and anger problems that were ruining my life. And that when I kind of corrected that that my burning feeling to get on stage started to started to go out that 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 fire wasn't lit anymore and i realized a lot of my dysfunction was the reason why i wanted to go up on stage because that felt like therapy to just go up there and get laughs and 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 talk out how i was feeling about the world would help uh I can't believe I can't find this freaking stupid line. I should have them in alphabetical order. Uh, but I, yeah. but I, but I don't. Oh, here it is. So I mean, it's an everyone but knows the line. The worst thing happened to you that could happen to any fighter. You got civilized. It's just like comedy. The more mm -hmm. dysfunction you have, the more need you need to perform. And usually uh, there's a lot of funny in dysfunction, you know, and even yeah. though you hated Chris Rock's re-edit of his uh, tambourine special that we talked about last week, he ruined his marriage and by cheating on his wife and having affairs and just ad admitting in the special that he wasn't giving nearly 
nearly how much effort his wife was giving towards the marriage and that it takes a 50-50 and he wasn't doing it. And it was really funny because it was there's so much dysfunction and pain behind what he was saying. So uh, my motivation towards the end is really what I feel like with writing this play with Mike and even doing this podcast, I've always felt like I like talking out outside outside of stand up. When I'm on stage, I can do I can do comedy, but when it comes to just being on a podcast or doing what I feel like is really me and inside mm. me, yeah, it doesn't feel like comedy is what it is because I'm I don't feel funny when I'm on a podcast, and this is my true personality. Like, what do they call it? Someone's still face. What do they call it? Like, your still face seems angry. My st- my quiet voice, if we're talking about that quietness yeah. in your head, yeah. it isn't yeah. going, go be funny, go be funny. It's not It's not that at all. It's more like this, uh, this emotional thing, like you got choked up over Rocky and me being connected, yeah. that, that when I see movies that convey like drama, that's right. what, that's what I feel most passionate about. So, uh, that's my, my motivation is just really if listen to that quiet voice in your head and don't wait till you're, you're 90 to start doing it. Cause I feel like I'm just starting to do it now. And I'm, re- I'm, I'm really excited to get that mm. play that you and I are working on out there right, right. and, and know what that thing is and, and, and lock onto it and don't be afraid to, to go for it. Even though you think it's crazy. You think, Oh my God, I can't do that. I can't do that. Yes, you can. You really can. If you really go for it and give a hundred percent. Yes. So, uh, that's my little, uh, words at the end here. And, uh, everybody, thanks so much. Uh, what do we got for you, Mike? We got to plug Mike, go to his link tree, link tree, link tr.ee forward slash. Yeah. Mike Funda. Yeah, I got a, I got, I got another. I got a quick plug for, uh, yeah, boy, I love that music, Joe. Just like I love our theme song, bump, I love it. I just love it. I can hear it in my head. I don't even need to hear it. Uh, I just want to give a, a shout out to Honda, uh, Piazza Honda Pottstown. They hooked me up the other day when I blew out a tire. <laughs> on 422 in 27 degree weather i had to change a flat tire it sucked yeah it was horrible no gloves i just had a flannel shirt on and boy those metal jacks are very very cold in 27 degree weather yeah that's terrible yeah all right guys we'll uh keep punching keep listening and uh go check out the patreon page all the info is right on the screen if you're listening patreon.com forward slash front pretender to contender.com i'll be at the stress factory in new brunswick new jersey on valentine's day get your tickets go to stressfactory.com or joematterese.com all right everybody have an amazing week and uh stay positive all right bye everybody keep punching (laughs) boom bump